Hey guys. Hey Tom. Hello. Wait, she's still having IT problems. <laughs> no, because you've stepped away from my laptop. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It went all a bit blue screen. It did. As soon as you walked doom. away, I was totally fine again. Typical. So, thanks for that. That's alright. Should we get on with it? Yeah, let's do it. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you brilliant. Did see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, ground. that was brilliant. Hello! Hello! I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Lemmer. And I'm Tom Canning, and welcome to episode 52 of the Real Reading Podcast. This week, after last week's Ready Pop special guest performance, and it's just us. Just us? Yeah, just us, I'm afraid. From a live guest to a no guest. From a live guest to a no no guest. Um, Yeah, bit of a week, bit tough. No, peace in Vietnam, so sadly he could not make it. Lucky Pete. Yes, um, I did ask him, but he said, strangely, no. <laughs> um, we've got all the usual features, uh, including Fact of the Week. Hugh, have you got the book? Yeah. Show me. He's really He's got it. He's got the book. He's got it open on a page as well. Um, and Fort explains it all, which, again, Hugh, this week is about... Parking at schools. That's all. Touchy That's, subject. Yeah, very touchy mm. subject. Mm. Okay. Um We'll see what happens from that. Um, <laughs> have you planned it out? Have you, you know what you're going to say? Uh, yeah, I think so. Good. Roughly. Cool. King, um, slightly, I can't decide if your beard is tidy or dishevelled. It's usually sort of dishevelled. Somewhere in the middle. I have a slight issue with it in that it's at least three different colours, including, <laughs> including white. It's got shading. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's a bit ginger. A bit sometimes brown and also has a bit of white in it as well. Because the, under, so yeah, getting, the underside. I'm getting old. I want to have a full white beard and white <laughs> hair so I can look. Don't you think people who have white hair and white beard look incredibly distinguished? Is it you'd ask look, you'd ask a person with a white hair and a white beard for advice, wouldn't you? And you'd, you'd take their advice okay. because it's but particularly if they had a. I certainly asked them how to get to the Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where's the North Pole, Hugh? Where's the North Pole? Yes. North. Up north. <laughs> I asked for that, didn't I? Really? Yeah. Um, you can check out our new podcast website at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Please do it. Might encourage me to update it. A Wait, hang, hang on a second. Is, is, is you asking me where the North Pole is? But is your interpretation of a really difficult question? Is that is that what comes into your mind for a challenge to someone who's supposed to be incredibly wise? Because I, <laughs> I don't have a white beard. Is that what is that what you know? Asking me where something a very a very obvious place on the globe is. You could have asked me where like Guatemala. Right, okay, was. fine. From here, right no, now. No, it's because of the Santa Claus yes. connection. Oh, okay. I thought it's because I was being oh, distinguished and wise. How did That's you miss that? Almost entirely. I entirely missed that he was confused about that. What? I thought you were just asking me a question because I had a white beard and therefore was distinguished no. and wise. And, it's like a that's wizard. where you live. Yes. Oh, I see. Oh, you're Lapland. Yeah. Yes. Oh. So you, uh, <laughs> well, you were certainly not so, white bearded yet, because no. that was a little bit dippy. Yeah. I think ultimately what we've learned here is you've got some way to go. <laughs> yeah. That was particularly poor as I interrupted you to try to lambast you for this, and then have re- revealed fired. myself to be 
an idiot. <laughs> so, sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, if you have any questions for Hugh um, that might help him decide whether he's distinguished or not, here's Jeremy to tell you how. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, I wanted to bring up the London Irish St. Patrick's Day party, which I went to on Saturday. I went out. Was it good? It was great. Yeah. It was good fun. Um, I will hold my hands up and I will be one of those people that was getting lambasted in the comments on the London Irish Facebook page for not going all the time and just going for the drinks. Got me. True. True story. Um, I'm sorry if you're going to put on a lovely, wonderful festival uh, for a couple of hours in a car park, I'm there. Mm. You know. Um, I saw lots of people outside the station on Saturday before the game, all dressed okay. up. Yeah, dressed up in the yeah. yeah there's lots, lots of, of dressing dress up. Dress going on. I think I, I've been. I, I try and go. Try to go every year, but it's been a couple of years, unfortunately. It's definitely got smaller, and I guess that's to do with uh, two things. I suppose they're leaving. I think either. I think they're either leaving next year or the year after. I think it's maybe the last year next year. And obviously, they're in the championship at the moment, which is the equivalent of the football championship Champ- isn't it the first division yeah so it's a bit it's a bit of a shame but I mean I can only say if, if next year is the last year it's a great day Reading should just get down there because it's a it's a fantastic event it's just a shame that obviously when you go into the stadium it's not obviously it's not full but um, mm. you know it was good atmosphere they won they scored 49 goals goals I was waiting I was hoping Hugh was going to do that no points points yeah. yes <laughs> I think it's it's a valid point, isn't it? It's like there there are definitely sections of the Reading FC fan fandom who moan about having London Irish at the club because apparently it uh, it damages the pitch and Reading's, you know, if 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 obviously if they didn't have a rugby club, then Reading be able to play like Barcelona and win, win every <laughs> week, and it's all just down to the fact that there's a few stud marks where large men have been rolling around in the mud. I, th- I think it's fair to say that there were a couple of seasons where the pitch wasn't in great condition but it looked absolutely fine to me this this time um it looked really really good so but yes uh, as and as you know to say they are they have been a top flight rugby yes. club they aren't at the moment they've fallen on a little bit on hard times recently getting getting relegated yeah. a couple of times but i think to have a top flight rugby club in the town at the state Medeski stadium is probably a good thing and we'll probably miss it when they yeah, do go I, to I go and play so. in brent in London Irish outrageously wanting to play in London. <laughs> I've been to Irish a couple of times, but because I used to be a season ticket holder for Reading, yeah. as you know. So you were one of those people going, oh, um, bloody rugby. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it's stopping it's just... Ibrahima Sonko play his natural <laughs> passing game. <laughs> Sonko? Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I just remember being really confused by it because when you were... Watching a Reading game, you're obviously segregated from the away fans, and it, and it on occasion gets quite, quite feisty, and it brings out a, a feisty like rivalness yeah. in me that I don't see in myself anywhere else. Yeah, you start, I start hating shouting people, shouting at people, and you start hating people from coming for another them. place. Yeah, yeah, and then when I went to the rugby, I was. You know, just went to the same stadium thinking well, that that's what happens here, and then you're sat next to an opposition yeah. fan, and you score a, a try, and they're like, "Yeah, nice, that was that was good." What 
what are you doing? We just scored against you. It's so nice. <laughs> should be doing that manoeuvre so they do like, when they run nice. their finger along their neck or something yeah, like that. Yeah, throwing a pint at me yeah. or something. <laughs> you, st- you stood up and started to, started moving running towards the away fans and then realised <laughs> that was one, one next to you probably drinking a fla- from a flask of coffee and politely yeah, I was ready to start you know? yeah it was all and kicking then, off you're about to take the away end <laughs> <laughs> and then I realised that we were all mates yeah everyone's friends so I, I stopped I think it's, it's probably um, a bit beyond this podcast to really define the differences between football fandom and and and, and at rugby fandom and go and deep dive as they say into that. I don't think I don't think that's something we really want to it's do. It's just different. It's just different, and we should all be happy with it. And I, you know, I will be generally genuinely quite sad when they do leave. The other thing they allowed me to do was do that amazing thing that you can do in Reading at times. Is the way I walk from my house in Southcote along the canal and uh, all the way up to the A33. I've got to get my roads right. Mm-hmm. The A33, and it's an amazing thing where sort of in twenty minutes you can be in some tranquil countryside. Suddenly, and then suddenly you're in the car park of a, of a championship football stadium. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of cool. I like it. Kind of cool. Kind of cool, yeah. That's the second time we've done that walk in two weeks as well for the half marathon the previous week. So it was good fun. It was nice. Can you get it all fit and healthy with your long walk in? I don't know. Yeah, just be clear, <laughs> he didn't run in the half marathon. He just walked to yes, the stadium. Yes, I just walked to the stadium. <laughs> And also, how many pints of Guinness did you have at the rugby? Uh, just one. It was more just of the yeah, it was more the good old boy from West Park Brewing that I was oh, uh, nice. partaking in. So, so it was all that good fun. Walking was undone. Yes, massively so, massively so. Um, oh, thanks, guys. Should we do fact of the week? Shall we? It's fact of the week time. Make it a good one. Reading fact of the week. Time for our fact of the week. Hugh, are you ready? Earlier, obviously, you had the book open. Yes, the book's still open. It's now in my hand. We have progressed, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm about to read from it. This is progress. Funny enough, there's an interesting link as well, because you talked about the North Pole, that earlier conversation which went completely over my head. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) listeners, for exactly this reason, we have discussed all of this beforehand. This is about the South Pole. Oh. You may be familiar with the Huntley and Palmer I am. Hold the pole with Hugh Fort. Yeah, mentioned it. last week when Frank Skinner visited the Huntley and Palmer exhibition. Yep. Um, well, an interesting fact is that the biscuits taken to the South Pole by Captain Scott in 1912 were made by Huntley and Palmers. They were no such. A, they were quite a massive biscuit maker at the time. They weren't. They? So not. They were huge. Not, not necessarily. As, it's like saying, "Well, I, I, so I, later on this afternoon, I'm going to Dublin and I'm going to take some Vitties." It's not the same, is it? It's exactly the same. Well. Not the same. Well, they're not for a reading. Yeah. What are we called? Red. Reading. Reading. Reddingites. Reddingensians. Reddingensians. There's a whole podcast on what we called. Now, would you like another Huntley and Palmer fact? Um, Two for the price of one. Like their biscuits. Is it about cheese logs? No. Oh. We need to do a podcast on cheese logs because weird. Carry on, Hugh. Uh, this is another Huntley and Palmer fact, but Huntley and Palmer became so reliant on the railway, they ended up with their own private railway network, and in 1875 purchased their first two steam locomotives to work the network. They were bought from Black, Hawthorne and Co. of Gateshead, and brought down by rail. Why didn't they just go by rail themselves? I, I don't know. Maybe I don't, I don't know. <laughs> 
if there's anyone who was around in 1875 who can answer why the train trains needed to be transported by rail then I'm sure your mum will know oh that should be are you saying my mum's 100 ask Linda ask Linda mm. I'm Linda. sure there's there are there are history, historians out there who might be able to uh, to tell us but it's a yeah, it was, it was a really big business, Honey and Palmer's, in the day. Clearly. I walked through the biscuit tunnel at the weekend. Oh. You know, what? What? Crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> you know the tunnel uh, under the railway down near Tesco on Napier Road? No. You don't? It was no. a quite a big thing. You must know, Hugh, because it reopened a few, couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, under the station? Under the station? No, 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 no. Down, like, near Tesco. Oh. And it's something to do with Huntley and Palmer's. I have made up in my head that it's because the factory is kind of the other side of the railway, isn't it? Where yeah. the Prudential build in there. Yes. So then it was just a short hop and then under the railway, straight out onto the river and then transport oh, the biscuits. Well, that sounds like a lovely story. Uh, that's what happened. <laughs> because nobody can contradict me. Yeah. So that is a fact. Yeah. Anyone from Reading Museum is listening. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who actually knows. <laughs> I think we should look that up because I'm sure you've covered it. You must have covered it at the time. I expect so. I can't. Yeah, you know, I can't remember everything. Every, every ready detail. Sorry. Really is. Okay. Um, I wrote those in. Uh, got a fact for us? Send a tweet to at Real Reading Pod with it, and we'll take a look. Maybe we'll uh, bring it up because I think at some point we're going to run out of decent facts because some of the facts in there are a little bit they're woolly a, aren't they they're a little bit yeah they're, they're a bit they're a bit obscure and um, perhaps a little bit difficult to just to talk about <laughs> we always <laughs> manage to yeah. walk yes. something out though, yes we? we do okay thanks guys uh, that is the end of part one all rather brief today uh, in a moment we will be back with thought explains it all This is Fort Explains It All. Welcome to part two. Um, Hugh, it is time for Fort Explains It All, as your jingle tells. Um, parking at schools. Now this is something that, uh, where did we get this from? This is, uh, this is a, it's a national story. It's not specifically about Reading, but we've, we've made it about Reading in a quite a clever way. Um, <laughs> we've you asked. do say so yourself. So it's a, it's a national survey from the SUS Trans Transport Charity. They sound important. Who have spoken to 840 teachers around the country. I don't know where those teachers are from. I would assume that there may well be some from the Berkshire area. You'd think maybe you'd hope so. One. One or two. Um, and essentially, the survey asked whether whether teachers would back banning uh, parents from driving their children to school. Um, due, and it's not due to any kind of parking issue, which, as we know, uh, <laughs> parents and everybody get very annoyed by in the yes. mornings. You just have to look at Facebook groups around the area <laughs> where people are shamed for their bad parking outside schools. But it's about uh, pollution and air quality and the effect on the children as they're coming into school. In the, the logic being there's lots of idling cars just, just with their exhaust pumping out fumes and it's not good for the, the, the no. kids. So so this, they are saying 
teachers would support 63% of the 840 teachers say that they would, would ban um, parents from driving or, or either driving to school or certainly parking outside the school in right. um, and we have done a story on that with a little poll of our readers who were at last time I looked they were they were in favour um, it was it was yes ban it no don't ban it or there was a third option which, um, which sounds good but it's sounds good but yeah, yeah that's, which it, I don't it does sound like a good idea but yeah. ultimately I mean if we all can get electric cars then that solves the entire problem it does really it does indeed but. yeah I mean it's 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 a nice idea logistically it's it's very very difficult because a a lot of parents drop their kids off and then drive themselves to work yes and B a lot of a lot of parents don't have children in the same school yes and not only do they not have children in the same school they don't have they have children in two completely different schools in completely different places yes and quite you know quite rightly they're reluctant to plonk a six year old on the bus or two buses <laughs> to get across town in the morning and so they have to drive and um, some of the comments um, on Facebook where we posted it quite rightly point this out I've got two kids in two different schools who are supposed to start at the same time every yeah. morning I can't possibly can possibly <laughs> consider that some people suggested a sort of car parking zone away from the school yeah. where where everyone would get out and some some people would suggest American someone suggested a Simpsons style yellow school bus right which was would be to pick up pick up kids along the way and take them all to school which you have school buses in Reading but they're just normal buses essentially that, uh, that kids use so I think idealistically a lot of people would be in favour of it but practically it's it's yeah. in, how it's, would you ever police that though because it's not it's not cloak. a legal requirement is no, it so no. it's just that we would like you to not drive to the school which like health wise pollution wise that makes perfect sense you'd have to get traffic orders put in which would physically shut the road and then you possibly have to get things like cameras to fine people that that would who's going to fund all that exactly yeah. I guess part of, the, part of the other issue here is that obviously a lot of schools are located in residential areas so um, a couple of years ago one of the schools near me changed their front entrance so now all of the cars come and park down our road which you know they're perfectly entitled to do but I do remember the furore that happened when this change did happen and suddenly there's loads of cars early in the morning um, you know moving traffics from, from where okay people might not be happy about it but they're used to it to somewhere completely new mm. it's only just it's just surely going to cause lots lot more problems. well you have to, you know you couldn't just say the parking area is here further up the road <laughs> and uh, that wouldn't that wouldn't A make any difference you wouldn't imagine no. also would B would just cause a, a traffic nightmare as well so could the schools well I'm just trying to think of other options that like, like your Simpsons Yellow, but obviously there's monorail. Monorail, of course, there's always, always, always monorail. Duty and contractually bound. To mention but monorail. could they? I mean, the school could potentially help coordinate, like carpooling. Yeah. Yes. I think a lot. So I you've feel got less cars. I, I realise that would help parents out as well. well surely, wouldn't it? You like, would think so. Yeah. yeah. You'd think so. I think a lot of certainly, from what I understand, there was. My when my younger sisters um, were going were at school, 
there was a sort of unofficial carpool amongst the parents, just one mm. one one would do a lift one day and have three or four other kids in the car. Yeah. Um, that seemed to work quite well. Um, it's probably for primary school age kids. Um, a lot of the younger ones will probably still be using various car seats, uh, yeah. which makes it a yeah, bit more that makes it a more difficult. But they have these walking buses, don't they, where parents and um, parents and so some of the teachers or teaching assistants walk a big group of the children oh, along the I saw road. This brilliant thing on the internet. I can't think where it was now. It was like a bus, but a bike. So you had an adult at the front, like a tandem, but with yeah. lots of other ones behind. <laughs> so the adult at the front cycling. And then you'd have perhaps ten kids on smaller bikes attached to it behind. Oh wow! So they get some exercise. I was going to say that's an enormous amount of responsibility. Well, it is, but it's not. Is it that different to a? What if little Johnny? What if little Johnny falls off and gets trampled? That would be a very interesting. Well, then it would have to. Your the parent would have to sign something to say I'm happy. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm happy for him to. Yeah, is how is it different to schools doing cycling proficiency? No. Um, and it, they're getting some exercise at the same time as like arriving together safely. I like the idea, but I I would. Ha- I'm going to Google my it and instant, show you because I can see your disbelieving faces. My instant thought was, what would happen when you got to a roundabout? <laughs> you'd have to know. You'd have to know how lot. How fast you were cycling, how long the tail of the cycle was, and yes. how, and then work out how how fast the traffic coming onto the roundabout. Is. I, f- I fear maths teachers might get slightly overworked in yeah. this role. Um, well, you're looking for the negatives. If I haven't seen on this on the internet and okay. I've just made it up in my okay. head, it's blimmin' brilliant, and I'm okay. going to go and design it. Uh, if it's not there, I'm going to request an apology next week. For having a great idea. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I sorry. I solved the problem of the. I think a little, a little bit of this comes pe- down to people cycle bus. A little bit of a solution, I think, come to this comes down to the schools, perhaps. And I realise schools are already quite overworked and busy and all of this, but just that encouragement from the school to work out who could walk, who could get together. I mean, yeah, the logistics of it, and um, I, I would never dream of telling people how to bring their kids up no. and there's all sorts of different scenarios like people having to drive to work afterwards and yada 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 but the only way you could well, not the only way but one way you could consider it is that, that people people living nearby close enough to walk conveniently and people who maybe have two children in the same school or just one child in the school or or that sort of scenario may be encouraged to not drive, um, but schools don't hold any power. They can't force no. people not to drive. No. And as Rachel will tell us, her your little lad is not school age yet, but I'm sure he's not no. quick to get ready in the morning. Well, he goes like to a, nursery three days a week, yeah. which is a similar principle behind it, I mm. guess. Um, so we live 15 minute walk from the nursery. Um, and we walk every day unless there's a, a really good reason not to. But my good reasons not to could be that I've got to then drive on to something else afterwards. If it's, I mean, we do walk in the rain, but if it's absolutely <laughs> lashing <laughs> down, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I mean, we walk 95% of the time, mm. but there are circumstances where you need to... Um, he, for the little one, I mean, Zach's only three, for us to walk a 15-minute walk uphill up to his nursery, yeah. 15 minutes for me, if he walks the whole way, it takes us half an hour... That's that quite a knock-on effect if you've got to get yes. to work, yeah. and or if you've got you've more got than to pick somebody else up. If you've got a younger school. child or with you, or yeah, or, yeah all sorts of things. I think it's very simple to say stop driving. Yes, but there's way more. You need to offer people other solutions. You can't just. I mean, what if you live five, five miles from five, the school? Yeah, well, what if you're, you're on the edge of the catchment area, or yeah. Or if for older kids, you know, I know people in Caversham who who are offered places over at the um, John Medeski Academy, yeah. for example. If you don't want them getting the bus, yeah, because they have to change buses, I think, and you might not think an eleven-year-old's ready for that. Yeah, what choice have you got? You've yeah. got to drive them. Yeah, it's it. It's, it's not a black nice, and white. It's not black and white. It's a it's a good idea in principle, and I'm sure the situation could be at schools could be improved by. But to blanket ban it, yeah, it's it's just well, you need a very, very, very strong, well thought out plan which would fit every single parent at your school. <laughs> Not easy. Or invest in the megabikes. <laughs> oh, the megabikes, yeah. That's what I'm gonna call it. Uh, so when Rachel's not here next week, it's or ban school. Or ban- There's a great idea. Yep, yeah. homeschool for everyone. Homeschool for everyone. <laughs> Okay, thanks guys. I think we've covered absolutely every single possible angle of that, including uh, imaginary bikes. So, um, we will move on. <laughs> Good job we're not filming this, that face. Yes. I've had that face look at me like that many a time. It was an exasperated yes. shake of the head. It's your shush, I'm on a conference call I'm not call cutting face. evils. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just shaking my head in disappointment. <laughs> Uh, guys, I'm on a call. Face. Yeah, like, guys, could you pipe down? <laughs> Thanks. Should we move on? Yeah, let's. Okay, great. Um, now it's time. We're ganged up on. We need a different, <laughs> we need a different subject. Um, time for the random question. As I mentioned, we don't have an interview this week. Um, random question. Um, who wants it? The random question. Rach, there you go. Thank you. Dig in. Ready? Could really do some more. We got another I Love Reading mug which has a functioning handle. Yes. That you use for a photo. Yes, I use it for photo. I did wonder, I thought you might have photoshopped it into the. Ready? Yes. Favourite teacher? Oh. So it's got to be sort of local. Yeah. Yeah. Favourite teacher? Oh, I can think of two, I think. I think. One at primary school, Mrs. Bean. Mrs. Bean? She was great. Um, so you drive a mini? I don't know. <laughs> no, her husband did. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bean. Bean. <laughs> uh, yeah, she used to go off to Alaska all the time, which we thought at eight That's years weird. old, that is cool. Yeah. Um, and wow. We used to Cold, do cool stuff in her class, like have chicks and... Giant African land snails and chickens outside and all sorts. So she was really cool. Why did Miss School was that? Sonic Common Primary uh, School. Oh. Very well to do. Thank you very much. Cubes. Um, 
I have two teachers who spring to mind. Um, one is the appropriately named. This sounds like an award, but he's genuinely called Mr. Redding. <laughs> yeah. He was a PE teacher at the uh, at the Willing School and he was married to Mrs. Redding, who was also a PE teacher at the at the Willing School. Didn't he, quite make it to Mr. Universe. No. Mr. Redding was as good as he got, but he retired a few years ago. Um I I can actually feel slightly nervous about talking to him because at times he was terrifying. Um he was he clearly had this sort of rule that he had developed over the years because he was there he, t- he was at Willink for a very long time yeah. when I arrived he'd been there for ages we were warned about him um, he was pretty scary when you were in uh, the first year so very much sort of saying I'm in charge um, this is how I operate and being very strict and scary and, and often sending us out of the changing room when we were half changed for making too much noise and that sort of stuff. Knowing you, you certainly a, need a firm hand on the tiller, so this probably yes, suited you quite well. But as as time developed, he became more liberal. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he um, he was like me because I like rugby. And he was, a, he was a former... I don't know if he played... He, was a very, he played rugby at a very high level in his in his youth. And when I distinctly remember one time we were doing rugby training and it was our school 15 against him <laughs> and, and he won quite, oh quite, quite easily he'd be like right you've just kicked it to my winger who can do 100 metres in 10.2 seconds and he's just scored against you so that's a try to us and then and then he'd get the ball and uh, like, right, I'll just pass it to a bloke he's just run, run through you that's another try to me this, that just reminds me of the bit in Mike Bassett, England manager, where they forget the footballs for the training, yeah. and they're running around playing with pretend footballs. What's the film where uh, is it? Is it? Is it Gregory's Girl? Have you seen? Have you seen that where they they have a game against a football against the PE teacher, and he he, he he's commentating on it himself, and he, he every time anyone tackles him, he blows the whistle because he's a ref. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so there was uh, there was Mr. Redding who he he he, t- he he was a great laugh and he was a really good PE teacher and and like yeah he retired a few years ago he was, he was quite frightening you don't want to get on the wrong side of it, but uh, he was also he was very kind of very funny as well and my other teacher teacher I remember very fondly is my old head of year who was called Mrs. Keepax and she was just. Really nice. I wasn't a great student by any means, but um, she Not a great she employee to be fair, <laughs> or a great journalist. Yeah. <laughs> um, Taking one. She down. she helped me with with my studies and tried to encourage me, and but also I, I distinctly remember she confiscated. She always used to catch me wearing trainers when I wasn't supposed to be, <laughs> to the point where she was like, "Right, give me your trainers," and, and then um, so she kept them in their office, and then. I was walking past one day and she goes, Hugh, take these away. They stink. <laughs> and gave them back to me. And then I think a few hours later she caught me wearing them again. And I got in trouble. But she was uh, she was really great. Um, <laughs> even, for, even for this obvious victimisation of a totally innocent person. She was really cool and really great. And I don't know if she's still teaching now, but maybe she is. I don't know. <laughs> Go on, Tom. Oh, I haven't thought of that. What? No, I grew up in Bracknell. No one's going to know my teachers. Oh. Born and bred, as we know. That's it for today. We're done, are we? Yeah, we're done. You look itching to get on a plane. Yeah, I've got to go to a flight to Dublin now, which is a real chore, as you can imagine. Such a jet setter these I days. Know. I know. You've changed. 
Yes, heaven it's because you had a taste of Guinness at the weekend, yeah, didn't you? Now you've got to go for the real thing. Yeah, I just thought I'll leave work early and go go to Dublin. Fine. Nice. Just going. Right. Um, where was my final bit? There it is. Uh, thanks, guys. Been an absolute pleasure as usual. As always. Uh, if anybody would like to comment on any of the things that we have chatted about, from um, parking outside schools to uh, London Irish St Patrick's Day party. Um, or um, in Palmer's biscuits. Can I ask a quick question? Yes, you can. You've written down haircut angst on the script. <laughs> this right. has not been discussed. No, it has not because I decided not to. Oh. Um, however, if you want He's to discuss, worried what we're going to say. Yeah. So a few a few weeks ago, I mentioned that my regular hairdressers was closed. You did. Good. Yeah. And uh, I have since now been to two separate hairdressers to try and find my new hairdressers. Okay. And. Uh, I went to Salvo and Alex on your recommendation today. Did I, did I recommend that? Is that yours or was that Where Lucy? Is it? I can't remember. Uh, uh, down the road on the right. I think it must have been Lucy, not you. Oh, okay. Can't remember now. I don't think it was me. Anyway, it was recommended. So I went there. Went there. Uh, it was pretty good. Enjoyed it. Um, the only thing about it was that... So I, so the, the first man ever to enjoy having his hair cut. The story behind this is that I get quite nervous when going to hairdressers because... They all have well kept hair, and um, we haven't, and we don't. <laughs> and um, oh, it's a bit thick. Yeah, yeah. Always questions like that. You know, we've ooh. discussed the perils of, yeah. of the curly, curly hair. hair before. So I always get a bit the scissors. and now I have to go and find a new one. So I started to do that. So this was great. This was good. It was a barber's on. I can't remember what the road is, but it's in Reading Town Centre. And it was great, except for it's the sort of place where people will just come in and sit and wait for the next available one. Right. So it's not like it's no bookings, I don't think. It's just people coming to see. So suddenly I've got four people watching me get my hair cut, which started to make me feel a bit like... Anyway, it was perfectly adequately uh, charged and I'm reasonably happy when I get home and have a wash. So there we go. Happy? Aren't you glad you asked, yeah. Hugh? Yeah. 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 What a finish. What a finish. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the very final ever Real Winning Podcast. We're done. <laughs> Just kidding. We've hit perfection. Yeah. <laughs> and if you wanted to get in touch, I've almost forgotten Jeremy. If you wanted to get in touch, here's Jeremy with how you can. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. And um, I'll just finish off with, if you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading. Um, that's all for now. We will speak to you in a week. I'm off to go and uh, Google the biscuit tunnel, cheese logs, <laughs> and mega bikes. <laughs> I'm off to work on my sharpness of wit because it was lacking earlier. <laughs> and your knowledge of where the North Pole is. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to unbook a taxi. Bye. Bye! You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Watch that program, uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4. Yes, that was brilliant. Did you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant